Social emotional learning, it's the new way. Where culturally responsive meets innovation. Hey, Resilient Ones. My name is Kristen Hopkins, founder of the Dangers of the My Education Fund and creator of Black SEL. I'm a social and emotional expert, curriculum developer, and social entrepreneur who believes in the holistic development of Black youth and adults through culturally responsive and affirming resources. Welcome to the Black SEO Podcast, formerly known as Dangers of the Mind. Welcome to Black SEO, Blackity Black, Blackity Black, Black Black, the social and emotional hub for Black people. I'm so excited because here at Black SEL, we open up a safe space for Black people to share their experiences and expertise and be vulnerable, all while highlighting key social and emotional skills. Our goal is to make SEL relatable, tangible, and sustainable in Black communities. So today's guest is no other than our good brother, Derek Beasley, a.k.a. Beasley. All right. Before we jump into this episode, I want you to know everything about Beasley. I'm going to read a little bit about him, and then we'll get into today's amazing episode on Black SEL and Black creatives. So Beasley is a Nashville, Tennessee-born, Durham, North Carolina-raised visual artist, passionate about his artistic capabilities and inner work so he can take action, making this world a better place. So excited to dive into what that's about. With a professional and civic background in education, environmental, and mobility justice, his formal education includes a Bachelor of Sociology from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, A&T. So this is an Aggie pride right here, okay? And a Master's of Public Administration from Georgia State University. His artistic education includes independent studies, mentorship, and practice. And his desire to better his community led him to take on the responsibility of answering three persisting questions, which are, what would make this world better? How can I work to create it today? And what do I need to heal in myself to create it? Mm. So listen, welcome to Black SEL. Blackity black, black, the black, the black. Ah, <laughs> yes. Welcome, Beasley. I'm so excited for you to be joining us today. Uh, Tell us how you feel. Let's check in on our emotional scales. <laughs> you know? Um, I feel great today. Yeah. I'm very uh, excited mm-hmm. to be here Thank and to be you. talking to you. Um, and this is a challenging morning for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But... This is a great space. This a safe social yes. emotional space. Come on, you know I mean? come on. To be in here. So, so let <laughs> let's 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 tap in then. You know, we're on emotional yeah. scales right now. What was challenging? What was this one thing that might have been challenging? Some team dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, some a space. I'm looking to get into a new studio space, and there's some challenges yeah. uh, with that space. Yeah. Uh, some location challenges. Okay. Some, okay. Uh, challenges with some of the potential neighbors okay. and who they might be okay. And, okay. Like, and how comfortable I would be being next to that particular type of entity. Yep, yep, that yep. That sounds like it could be something crazy. It mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, so, you know. <laughs> you navigate it too. Just navigate you know? trying to make some decisions. So, you know, here at Black SEL, we believe that we are resilient, not just resilient, but resilient, which is mm-hmm. R-E-S-E-L. 
right? Okay. And so, you know, resilient is like overcoming obstacles really quickly, you know, and, and facing all these things, which is overcoming them. But resilient, we're overcoming them with social emotional skills. So mm-hmm. today, it sounds like you went through some responsible decision making, you had to make some little ch- some decisions, yeah. you know, you did a little self awareness, self reflection. And even you came in here saying that this day was challenging, which was a social emotional skill because you practiced understanding your emotions right in the current moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm proud of you for practicing these skills and you didn't even really know you was doing that, right? I appreciate yeah. you, uh, you know, naming that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, we gotta for name sure. it. Yeah. So listen, as a creative, I'm so happy to have you here because I feel like I'm a creative in my own right. You mm-hmm. know, um, I was a theater minor in college. I used to write plays. Um, I'm, I, I sing. Yeah, I sing. So. I do a lot of like, you know, little stuff that I, I sometimes can't, tap into it a day to day. So like when I see a true creative, it's like, it's almost like a envy. Cause I'm like, I know this person is like doing exactly what they feel every day. They're like free, you know, like it's like, it's like a freedom like place to be. And I always want to be in that. And I think like having this podcast made me really excited to be able to record this because I'm like, this is my happy space. This is my space where I can lean in and, and get to know people a little bit more, you know, and, and, and also speak to people that inspire me, you know. Right. And as a black creative, you inspire me, my brother, like you do. Appreciate you. Yeah, and so I want you to tell me how can you describe yourself as a black creative? It's uh, a great question. In this moment, uh, 2023, uh, I'm in practice. Mm. And so that's... That's been like my mantra, my focus this year. Um, it's creating a sustainable, um, as consistent as possible, mm-hmm. uh, a flexible, uh, creative practice that's, that's daily, weekly, yeah. uh, quarterly, annually. And so I took a, a class, I treated to myself to a class from Alexis Pauline Gums, mm. um, and it's like a daily creative practice. And Ooh. so, you know, you wake up, press the play button and she's like going through quotes from her book or observations from her practice Mm -hmm. um, and then giving you prompts um, and then you kind of write and reflect Um, and honestly that's like left me inspired Mm -hmm. Um, and since then I started working with my professional coach Margaret Brunson wow Um, nice and and a lot of black, strong, a lot of black women yeah, like help, help me yeah, through right here. Come on, protect pay- the black women at all costs. And I'm paying these black women. Yeah. Anyway, yep, that's good. You got, <laughs> got my, to. To my own horn. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but um, I love that circulate black dollars though. For real. Indeed. Uh, but so and so, Margaret's help, been helping me develop my own daily practice, and like mm-hmm. outside of the one that I was doing with uh, mm-hmm. through the class. And so, you know, I'm waking up. Mm-hmm. I'm spending uh, an hour. Uh, reading, mm-hmm. writing, reflections, yeah. and then there, every day I'm dedicating that practice to somebody or something um, that is, you know, present to me in that moment. Yeah. And so it's just been a great way to, like, really be grounded in yeah. my day yeah. um, before I'm responsible to other people. Uh, and so I just have a lot of gratitude for, like, both of them for being, you know, in my life yeah. in different ways and being able to help me um you know, develop my practice in that way. I think one thing you said that was so good just now was a lot of times people see successful people mm-hmm. and they don't see the work that goes in behind the scenes mm-hmm. to be this like successful person or even just a, a, a person that is very well uh, understood of, of their own emotions or how they how they react on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're constant like mantras like what do you do and it was so good that you led with that as a black man because a lot of times people try to hoard those things 
they try to be like, oh, this is what I do, but this is not my daily practice. Mm -hmm. And this is a space that we're creating to really, truly share this with black people to be like, it's not just about what you see on the outside, but what you're doing every morning that is building you up to be this man that you are today. And that is self-management skills. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that, that or the, the we, we look at social emotionality as like an umbrella, right? And you got all these five umbrellas and competencies of SEL okay. and underneath self-management skills lies self-motivation, right? And self-discipline and organizational skills and time management. And every single successful person that you see has mastered or are mastering self-management skills. Mm. And as the black person, we got to realize that that's the main skill that we have to have in any of our careers, professionally and personally. It's like understanding how to wake up every morning, take that hour, that much needed time before you even try to go into a space and lead somebody else. Mm -hmm. You gotta know how to lead yourself, right? And like, it's one of those things that for me, I cannot function if I don't pray, I don't meditate, I don't read my Bible. I can't function, like mm -hmm. my day is off. Mm -hmm. If I'm waking up and I feel like I'm rushing, so like for you, like to be in these coaching courses and to take the time to do this, like organizational development dollars, honestly, you're using that. That's organizational development. Oh, getting wrote off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> right? And we got to yeah, have those it's, dollars it's and put to invest in ourselves because a mm -hmm. lot of times it's not an overnight success and every level is going to be different. And so like, I want you to tell me, um, like from, from this experience, what does a black creator look like to you? So now I know you... Well, before we get into that, I want you to tell me some of the projects you're working on. Like, just some of the things so people can know. If they don't know Derek Beasley mm -hmm. and everything you've done for the black community, because he's done some things for the black <laughs> culture, okay? So, everything mm -hmm. you've done, just name a few of, like, some projects and things that you've started, some things you've already done or, or left behind, or just, you know, had, some, had somebody else toss it and pick it up. What have you been a part of? Um, Yeah. So here in Durham, um, I worked, well, one, I worked for like seven years yep. for Student U, yep. uh, which is a nonprofit um, that while I was there, they shifted some of the primary mission a little bit, but um, it's primarily a college access organization. And so yes. I work with black and brown youth mm -hmm. who are going to be first generation college students. And that's mm -hmm. kind of my professional work has mostly been in like community organizing, particularly around education. Nice. And so even back when I was living in Atlanta, I was doing... Um, organizing, uh, doing place-based organizing around okay. uh, black parents and uh, getting them engaged in their schools. What was you living in Atlanta? Uh, this was like 2008 to 15. We was living in Atlanta at the same time. <laughs> I probably seen well, you in the streets that's what I'm somewhere. Saying. Yeah. For real, I was in Atlanta from 2011 to yeah. 2015, then went okay. back to Atlanta 2017, 2018. Yeah. Then came to Durham. I don't think we talked about that. Yeah. We got to have, have an Atlanta, Atlanta conversation. Atlanta conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I came back home because I wanted to like use some of those skills mm -hmm. um, and like in the place that I'm from. And I wanted to apply some of the things I learned and like bring them, bring it home, mm -hmm. you know, in a place that felt more meaningful. Um, collaborated with Moses, Crystal, Janelle. Uh, to, to, yes. to start Black August in the Park, yes. which was, was a big part of my life mm -hmm. for five years, yep. um, uh, which is uh, it is a multi-day festival uh, centered around Black liberation moments, particularly as it connects to um, the prison industrial complex. Mm. And so uh, more, check out Black August in the Park. Yes. If you yes. want to learn more about it, uh, it's still happening. It's dope. It's I still, support Black August. 
I go to Black August. They yeah. have a great time. <laughs> and one one of the things I like about Black August in the park and Black August is that it's a tradition. Black yeah. August is a tradition. Absolutely. It's not just like an event. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that you each August mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to tap in with yourself and community. Absolutely. And so um yeah, so Currently, um, the biggest project that I'm working on uh, outside of my daily like creative practice is Tall Grass Food Box. Mm-hmm. Um, Tall Grass Food Box is uh, a CSA. Uh, we source uh, produce from black farmers mm-hmm. from around the state. Um, we have a subscription service. We also have other partnerships where we provide food for food insecure families mm-hmm. around the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very, I'm, I don't know when this is airing, but we're going to be announcing soon enough. So, I yeah. say but, so we're currently in the process of transitioning tall grass to being farmer owned and operated wow. operate cooperatively. And so, Come on, good luck. Congratulations. Uh, I know. It's a lot of work. I, that was That's one of my calls this morning. <laughs> yeah. And you uh, know, it's crazy. We were at a, um, we are at dinner last Friday night with mm-hmm. my lawyer and his wife mm-hmm. and they said that they are members of the Task Grass Group. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we go there. We, we are. Hell yeah. yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it makes like me that. happy. Yeah, when, yeah, you know, because we were like, oh, we know the owners of that. They were like, oh, wow. <laughs> they were so shocked. You know, they write down. They support yeah, yeah. it. And, you know, it's just beautiful to see that. Yeah. Um, and so our, our biggest goal with Tall Grass is the pay platforms. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we, we vary from very early point in our foreman, which was like right at the top of the pandemic. Um, we knew we wanted to support and pay black women because, you know, and that's a whole rabbit hole we can go down. But um, uh, you can tap in with us. You can tap Mm -hmm. in with a number of um, organizations that I can can share and you can walk in and list. Uh, if you want to support black farmers, tell us where to find that. Nationally. Uh, tallgrassnc.com. Okay, awesome. Or Tallgrass Food Box. You okay. can throw it in your Googles and okay. it will pop up. Check it out. Um, yeah, that's 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 the project that's taking up a lot of space right now um, because that transition is not easy. You know, you're talking about building relationships oh, with absolutely. farmers, you're talking about you know, I mean, you're probably agreeing, agreeing to things. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> let's, hard, you know? let's even like just touch on the pioneering work that y'all doing. It's so hard to do something when you look to the right and left of you and it hasn't really been done mm-hmm. or there's no blueprint. You know what I'm saying? And it might have been done years ago mm-hmm. and you might be using a blueprint from there, but it's hard because a lot of times, like even what I do, you can't Google, you know, this would be like how to, how to, you know, like it's not yeah. happening. You got to really be innovative. And as a creator, yeah. Like, what does a black creator look like to you right now in today's society? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like you've been trying to ask me this yeah, question. You I keep, know. You keep trying to ask me. I want to hit it. I want to get well, it. Well, let, let me just say something. Because yeah. we're... We are doing some new things, but there is a there is a long legacy of, okay, black, yeah. of black folks invented the co-op. Yep. You know what I mean? So... Um, I'll just say that, yep. as you know, you know, we, we got plenty of people and resources and a legacy to tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes into what I'll say about what a black creative is. You know, we bring some of that new generation energy, um, connection to the internet yeah. and, and connection to community to be able to facilitate mm-hmm. the work that we do with farmers. Um, and so I think that's part of been part of our, our biggest value at, but you know, I think a black creative is anybody that wake up in the morning and breathes. Honestly, I think love it. <laughs> it's I love like that. you know that's black. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> black. Uh, and so you know, I think um, you said you not you, you said something earlier about being a real creative, mm-hmm. and I think that's a little bit of a myth, you know, mm-hmm. um, and something that I've been like I said earlier, I'm, I'm de- dedicating myself more and deeper into practice yeah, around like yeah. what kind of creative I want creative yeah. energy I want to bring to myself um, I'm 
misquote and I'm gonna paraphrase. Octavia yeah. Butler said something about her practice, mm-hmm. um, and she was saying something around like she doesn't, like she don't just come up with like great ideas out of the blue. Yeah. It's like no, nah, she just writes. She yep. commits to writing yep. all the time. Yep. Therapeutic. And, and, and then and then those ideas emerge through that practice mm-hmm. through that commitment. So so. That's where, you know, sometimes you do come up with yep. a great idea, yep. and but then you realize, like, oh, when I iterate on it, it's like, so it becomes a better idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my commitment to myself and my practice um, and to iterating on an idea, and I think anybody can be, is a, is a creative that, yeah. that can do that. Yeah, um, that's dope. I even look at a creative like that, you know, and even I'm an author. I started writing. 2014 you know and it's like you know i mean yeah i guess i mean i know right i guess i'm no i do see myself as creator i think Mm -hmm. i just don't operate in a creative space all the time so it's like i've realized that sometimes i have to really like get out of my like element and go into Mm -hmm. like i find myself having to be in the woods a lot or like go into nature and like it's just it's just like i scream for it you know and as a writer and as a curriculum developer I, you know, I started writing curriculums in 2016 mm-hmm. and I realized that it took me six months to write. Like, I mean, I, I locked in, I went to my parents' house in Sanford, North Carolina mm-hmm. and locked in and wrote like, and I remember waking up every day and like going on their deck and like, it's just nothing but trees. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever been back in a locked in space like that in my professional mm-hmm. career like I mean I developed that curriculum so fast but it was because I was just in a space like you know and that writer sometimes you get writer's block and you gotta like mm-hmm. get to a new environment so I guess I could look at that as a creative y'all I'm a creative y'all you yeah. know I'm gonna own this you know <laughs> cause I feel like I am yeah. but I don't feel like I function in that space because you know when you have to do everyday like as a kind of like a set mm-hmm. and for me the, the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that everyday is different you, every day can be different. So what I try to pride myself on is that even though every day may look like I'm in this meeting or I'm doing this, I try to make sure I'm doing something different every day mm-hmm. so I can feel like I am still owning my freedom of like, you know, like, like of why I became an entrepreneur in the first place. So what you said around, I mean, you, you said that you wake up every day and you pray mm-hmm. and you have your routine yep. or your, your ritual. Yep. Um, to me, like, I mean, that one, that's like a social emotional, like yeah. self-management piece, Absolutely. right? For me, that's what my practice is about. But the part that I'm enjoying the most is like the inputs. Yeah. So like, you know, I brought some books yeah. uh, that, that we could talk about maybe, mm-hmm. but, um, so these are some of what I'm like reading in the morning mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just pick a chapter and just read for a few minutes mm-hmm. and it's like, it's just generative. Yeah. So I don't have to. One of my favorite books to give to other people who are like, oh, I'm trying to be an artist. Or yeah. like, I'm trying to tap into my creative. It's like, how to steal like an artist. Mm. And I can't tell you the author. We'll pop it up yeah. right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but how to steal like an artist. And the premise is just that like, you know, uh, nothing, ain't nothing new under the sun. Mm. So it's just like the idea that you have to come up with the, a creative has all these new right. innovative ideas. It's like sometimes, but really it's just about being open to the world around you yeah. and gaining inspiration from that so like you said going to the woods that's part of my practice too is yeah. like uh taking a daily breath yeah you know outside and and being open to the inspiration that just exists in the world around us like it's not like 
you gotta go some deep place in yeah. your mind. It's no. like it's already kind. Of, it's, already, there. it's already there. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you gotta create the space for it yeah. to, to happen. You know, and I, I feel like that for me, um, I really more into my creativity. Like this year, one of my goals is to do more poem writing. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to. Like I, I presented a poem at the Black SEL Summit, and that was the first time that I ever like said a poem out loud. It was like spoken word. It was spoken was word. Like, and I, when I see like listen, like black SEL, I think it was a uh, black SEL is relevant, baby. You know, so I talked uh, about how I grew up, okay. and you know, I was always told that I was loud, I was like talkative, and all these things. And I came home and told my mom, and my mom said, you know, if if you're talkative, that means you're a public speaker. You mm-hmm. know, if you're loud, that means you're courageous. Like mm-hmm. you know, she she flipped it for me real quick, and that changed my entire life. But I talked about mm-hmm. how she told me that as a black person, we'll always be relevant. <laughs> it's <laughs> never gonna, it's never gonna end. As long as black exists, as long as black exists, we'll relevant. continue to be relevant. Right. And then I realized how you know black SEL is relevant in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of my goals is to write more this year, but write from a poetic standpoint and do spoken oh. word. And as I speak, instead of just speaking, people call me and speak. I want to speak in, in poetry. I want to speak mm-hmm. in spoken word. And that's important to me because I feel like that's another pipe way to being creative because I felt like that was the first time in my life. And I mean, I've spoke all over the world. I've, I've spoken for years since 2015. Mm-hmm. That was the first time in my life that I felt so free. When mm. I was speaking, I mean, so comfortable. I actually play. I never play myself black when I watch myself speak. I'm like, it's, it's out there. It's, it's there. You know That's what I'm saying? I hate that. I hate. But this, yeah. I watched it over and over because I mm. noticed that I felt so comfortable in it that I felt like I had tapped into something that was truly me, my authentic self. Mm. And so, like, I think that that, it's like, exciting. yeah, it's yeah. exciting, and it mm. also is like. Just and it makes me almost emotional because it's like at 35 to tap into that, like it's like wow, it took me so long, but it was like the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For me to feel like this is what makes me alive. And any creative out there right now, like really like wanting to like know your purpose, just try it out. Like figure out what works for you. You know, mm-hmm. if it's writing, if it's painting, if it's you know rapping. I know we be having uh, freestyle Friday battles. You we know do. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna be hyping them up and everything. Like I'm not the, the right person. Not mediocre bars, right? My mic sounds nice, you know. But listen, we literally have these moments, and it's it makes us free. It makes us yeah. like this is what black people love to do, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like a liberating act for us, almost. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So tell me, it was something that you said that I read in your bio that I really connected with, and I, I don't think I've heard this. From many creatives, uh, but one of it was like you asked three questions: What would make this world better? How can I, meaning Beasley, work to create it today? And what do I need to heal in myself to create it? I feel like a lot of times, hurt people hurt people, right? And we always do these things: we jump into things, and we don't realize we we got a lot of hurt going on, and we don't take the time to heal before we produce things and put it to the world. Mm-hmm. So when you said, "What do I need to heal?" in myself to create it was one sense of like you being aware that there's something that's broken either Mm -hmm. it's trauma it's past hurt right and then also and also saying i won't put something out until i know that it's truly my authentic self and that whatever that was broken is healing in the process of Mm -hmm. being created so like tell me you know you create out of a sense of responsibility to your community Mm -hmm. 
I want you to elaborate on like what that means to you and your day to day work. What is the sense to your community? Why is that so important to you? Yeah, so I think uh, one, I had my, that, that statement on my website for a little while, and mm-hmm. I be think I sometimes like, but 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 I think what it comes, the idea behind it is maybe still is is always is relevant for me. I think. Um, like we, we all in this world together, mm-hmm. you know, and we need each other. Yep. yep. And so sure I think a question is like, all right, so then what is my role? Like, what do I contribute to making this world safe and like enjoyable yeah. and just yep. good for, for myself, but yep. also for the people that I'm in community with? Yeah. And so... And in some in some way, like, you know, it's hard to even put a finger on it. But I, you know, my mom was a social worker. Mm. Um, yeah, and, so you and, got that and, root. And yeah. It's, it's her mama was like the head of social work in yeah. Chattanooga. You know, those nice. little books yep. in, the, in the grocery store. Yep. They'd be like African Americans of of oh, Durham. Durham? <laughs> my grandma was in like the African Americans of Chattanooga. Come on, it's like, so, grandma. Yeah, you know I mean I Evelyn Barnett. That. Okay, shout out to um, Evelyn Barnett. Um, Madam Grandma Evelyn Barnett. <laughs> You know, and my and my my dad was was a preacher too. Um, okay. Even okay. though I didn't grow up in the house of my my father, mm-hmm. but um, but you know, so I think I get it from all angles. Yeah. Like this idea of like I'm invested in my community, mm-hmm. um, and I have skills that can contribute to to making my community, you know, whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's where it comes from for yeah. me and. Uh, you know, I got I got a very specific set of skills. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> Take it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so I just feel like it's my duty to to leverage those for yeah. for the people around me that I care about and I love and that I'm accountable to and that I'm in community with. And so you know, I, I, it, it's something to balance. Like I'm not saying I'm, I feel like I need to be a martyr for yeah. the community or like, um, but I do feel like. You know, I, I get so much, and so I just want to be, make sure I'm in a reciprocal relationship with my, with my yeah. community that, that pours into me so much. That's that's the goal, you know. You know, you said something <laughs> that I'm going to tap into. This is not something that we talked about, but you, not, not, not even certain, certain <laughs> no, skills. <laughs> no, for real. You said something about your father was in the household, mm-hmm. and I didn't know my father growing up. Still mm-hmm. don't know my father. Never met him, nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because, I, you know, I have a beautiful, wonderful stepfather, you know, that came in six years old. Yeah. And, but I was always like, you're not my father, you know, when I was in that teenage stage. Now I'm like super close. Yeah. But it's one of those things in a black community that's like, what are you talking about? Like a man came in and stepped in and he showed up for you. But I had this mentality of you're not my dad. Mm-hmm. But as creatives... I think it's beautiful because all these things that could have hurt us or could have made us really go on the the wrong path because we didn't have a certain person in that role, such Mm -hmm. as a father, is actually a part of our story. Yeah. And tell me just quickly how, like, is there anything you could say that, 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 that piece that like really added to your story? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I wasn't prepared to answer that question, but I'll take a step. Okay. All right. Uh, (laughs) You know, well, I, I say one the first thing that comes to mind is that my mom, even though there was a, enough mm-hmm. that she could have been like, you know, uh, yep, we'll <laughs> But you know, she she never framed him mm-hmm. as like a villain in our eyes. Yeah. Um, so good because we got some issues in the black community. We got black some issues. Doing that, um, you know. Well, yeah, and and and, and brothers got yep. some reasons why they yep. be getting villains. Exactly. You know, so. 
there, there was a lot there that could have been in the front, and that's not how she framed our relationship. Mm. And so, you know, we would go up there, me and my sister, um, yeah. who shared the same father, we would go up there, um, you know, in the um, summer sometimes yeah. and holidays mm. sometimes and uh, and spend time, especially when we were little. And so, you know, that that was that was good. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, and healthy. And, and then also, my mom, you know, my mom did remarry, and mm-hmm. so... Okay, yeah. Uh, my uh, so my stepdad, mm-hmm. and they're no longer married now. Yep. But, but my stepdad, yeah, he was definitely, he still lives. Yep. He helped yep. me put my kitchen in the crib. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still, yeah. it's like a yeah. great, you know, a good relationship. Yeah. And, and you know, he's the father of my my youngest brother. Okay. And so, um, but yeah, so you know, in in addition to that relationship, my mom. You know, looking back, she was always trying to bring like a good brother yeah. into my life somehow. Whether it was like as a coach, a, a coach, or yep. like a yep. neighbor, yep. she would like just kind of yep. not drop me off. But, yeah. You know, she would kind of like yeah, you know, it's like, oh, Derek, you need you trying to like sharpen your baseball skills? Well, go talk to uh, to you know maybe uh, Mr. Palmer can help you. Yep. You know, he shout mm. out Mr. Palmer, the darn legend. Yeah. Um, and, you I know, love that though. And uh, you know, just other people that she was working with, yeah. or people in community, different cultures, she yeah. would kind of try to endear me towards them yeah. to to kind of you know just make sure I had folks around yeah. me. And, and yeah. my, my mom, I feel like community is important to her, so that, that's where important. that's largely where I get that from. And I'm I'm like as a creative, like just thinking about these different role models that mm. was integrating your life and that was positioned by your mom. You know, thinking about how that creates your story. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, as you're creating, thinking about these things, like, are you you painting still? Yeah, I I do a little. I just kind of started dabbling in paint. I've been doing mostly, like, photography and and digital collage stuff Mm -hmm. as of late. But, um... Started to yeah. start playing with some oil, yeah. some oils. Oils, I know. One of my <laughs> things is I wanted to get like little canvases, yeah. little splashes here, because that's like stuff that, like, when people say like water, mm-hmm. what SEL, what are the things that we focus on? Stress management. Like, mm-hmm. how do you actually deal with stress? And a lot of people in the black community don't. And like, even thinking about how how I was raised, you know, didn't know my father. I had a lot of stress, and mm-hmm. you know. I didn't have a way out to deal with it, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I created Days of the Mind, the program, I actually created it for black kids that would create safe spaces would be like cognitive and therapy mm-hmm. in just an innovative way. So they was like big therapy sessions with these kids writing, you know, they was doing rap songs about mm-hmm. their brokenness. They was getting up and doing skits about fear, yeah. but it was actually therapy, yeah. right? And I think it's important for us to realize what those outlets look like. And as creative, I, I think for you, like when did you start? Realizing like oh oh shoot I'm a creative I'm actually creative like I'm a little different than the, than the rest. Yeah. Cause it's a moments where you was probably like I ain't like everybody else. Well, I don't even know if I ever framed it in, in that I was different from okay. others, but I think I remember in second grade, mm-hmm. and you know one I did this mural this like bulletin board winter scene mural <laughs> that still stands out as this masterpiece. If I looked at it now, it's probably terrible, but. <laughs> But you they know, saw. But, but it was, but it was one of those things where I was like, "Ooh, like I loved creating this. Like yeah. I felt proud of it, um, and it, and I was affirmed around it, you yeah. know, by my teacher, Miss Penix. Shout out to Miss Penix. Right. I wish I could find Miss Penix. Listen, you gotta be affirmed though. Out. That's a village right there. Um, Millendale in the nineties. Y'all know, <laughs> right? Man, reach Tell out. Miss- Tell me connect, right? Because you know I mean? uh, she was one of my earliest examples of like a good teacher, um, and so. Uh, but yeah, I did that winter scene, and I, that really 
I remember saying like in conversations with other students, was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna when I grow up, I'm gonna be a baseball and a basketball player and an artist." Definitely not a basketball player, but I did play baseball in high school, and I still play recreational, you know, okay. sports, softball. So mm-hmm. you know, that's still in my life in a very like fun and healthy yeah. way. Uh, but um, yeah, so I, I think very early on, I recognized myself as an artist, and I did have to like I did. I never, and definitely in elementary school, and then even in like uh, middle school, we used mm-hmm. to draw the, the, the shoes and stuff. So we used to do these like shoe designs where we'd draw like the outline. This was like at the height of the <laughs> yeah. age of myself, but this was like the height of the Jordan era. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. like when they were coming out they the first were, time. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? It was so crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. People Lines were dying. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was really out here. Like, really killing out. people for the <laughs> It was nuts. They had Family Matters episodes yep, yes. talking about it. You go kill him for these shoes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yep, you know, yep. Carl Winslow. Yeah. Yep. Like, <laughs> shout out to Carl. Carl, shout out to Carl. And what was it? Uh, Stephon you know, and, uh, and Steve Urkel. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we used to, um, but yeah, we used to draw the design the shoes. Um, and I always thought of myself as an artist, but kind of informally, and, yeah. and and that was one of the places where I think I would have um, loved some more, a, more of a push towards, mm. you know, um, and my mom was, she, she, you know, this, yeah. that's not enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not no, a, it's not. Yeah, I mean, Listen, but, I, back in the day, our parents were so busy trying to maintain, like, I'm, I was, I was, I was into a lot of stuff, though, yeah. so that's why I wasn't, no, yeah, she plugged me into <laughs> a lot of stuff, right. you know what I mean, but, I can't do it all, <laughs> get, me, get it where you fit in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, but, you know, so I think, it, but then coming back, I kind of like, it was always there. And I even studied graphic design in college for, for like a year or two. And then mm-hmm. I changed sociology. Okay. Um, and I was always doing design work, you know, it was kind of continuous from a child. But really, it wasn't until like a uh, conversation I had with my friend, Stephen Hayes, who's mm-hmm. a prolific um, artist based here in Durham. Okay. Um, check him out. Um, and so... You know, I was trying to make some work for the crib, just like some little cute stuff for the crib. And he was kind of showing me some techniques. And that really got me with my hands, like, back doing woodwork stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, um, that coupled with, um, coming, like, getting, basically inheriting mm-hmm. my grandfather's cameras. So he, had a, he was an amateur photographer. He had a oh, bunch of dope that. stuff. Um, and so, so much took, yeah, that. and this is when I was in Atlanta. So I took him out the Peach Street camera mm-hmm. in Marietta, mm-hmm. got him cleaned and and, and, and worked wow. on. Um, and then that's when I kind of started getting into photography. So it was all kind of around the same ish yeah. time, around right 2012 or something like that. And so I was like, oh, and then when I moved back to Durham. I just claimed it. I'm an yeah. artist. Yeah, I'm an artist. Yeah, that's what I do now. Yeah, but I, you know, it's yeah. history, though. A lot of times yeah. people don't talk about the history of that. Like you taking your grandfather's cameras. Like that's yeah. rich history. Yeah. That's just not like I just woke up one day and was like, oh, I want to be an artist. And Joyce got stolen, too. Oh, man. Atlanta? So listen, how do you feel about self-confidence mm-hmm. in the, the, the aspect of a black creative? Like how important is mm-hmm. self-confidence in, in the black creative today? Yeah, I think um, confidence is very important, but important in that it helps you commit to your practice like mm-hmm. that lets you know that, like you tell you're able to tell yourself that you're worthy of, of a commitment to to practicing because mm-hmm. that's 
that's the only thing you can really control to yeah. a degree. It's like you can't control being dope or yeah. other people liking you or liking your work or even understanding your work. Um, and we can talk about that too, but like commitment to practice and going deep and examining and asking questions around why you're making the certain decisions in, in your work. Um, I think that interrogation of my work, like that, that critical interrogation of my work has been important recently and helped me kind of push it to uh, just a, a level that I didn't know was yeah, there, you know? Um, and so that's been really exciting. And it is, it is, it is a confidence thing mm-hmm. um, to know that you can question yourself or put yourself in community and conversations with others who will interrogate why or ask you the hard questions mm-hmm. and then, but that you can grow from that. So the fear will tell you like, don't ask questions because the answer is, too, is, is potentially right. devastating. <laughs> but, hey, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about money. Yeah, hella sensitive, <laughs> girl, because it's mad personal. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, uh, so I think the confidence piece is important because it, it, it allows you to push through the fear of like rejection mm-hmm. or um, you know, possibilities um, around there not being possibilities around your work. Yeah. Um, and so being not fearless, but courageous yeah. and, and which is fueled by that confidence is like, all right, I'm going to put myself in conversation with people who are going to challenge me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to commit to this daily, even if I don't have a particular productive outcome. Mm-hmm. And so like me writing and reading every morning has not been about like producing something specific, but it's been about opening myself up to the ideas with the confidence that it's gonna, that, I, that I'm feeding myself, that I can, that I'll be fed and then be able to go, you know, do work. Mm. Not that like, um, all right, I'm gonna consume this and this is definitely, it's not, cause it's not one yeah. for one, right? Yeah. Um, and so that commitment to daily input and output um, and not in a, being productivity driven yeah. takes a certain level of confidence that mm-hmm. like, you'll come up with something or that, or that something will emerge. Mm-hmm. And so, this is so good because, I mean, I'm, like, just, like, really happy to hear this because you are practicing self-awareness skills all day long because right. you're literally telling me what you're mm-hmm. telling me is accurate self-perceptions. Mm-hmm. And so what lies underneath the domain of, you know, self-awareness is a skill called accurate self-perception. Okay. So that's not just you perceiving how you are, but then taking your team around you or people around you and actually holding you accountable for what you say you are. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, I always tell people, mm-hmm. you know, what are your three core values, right, when I speak? And people are like, oh, minds and integrity and loyalty and, and kindness. And I'm like... Why we always say loyalty? Loyalty, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm like, okay, so if I went at your best friend, mm-hmm. would they... Would they, would they say that, oh, yeah, no, all day, loyalty, accountability, or integrity, kindness? Or would they be like, uh, you know, you got to work on the, the integrity piece, so you got to work on... So the accurate self-perceptions is not just for you saying this is who I am, but then going back to your tribe and making sure it's accurate, mm. right? And that's a good that's a good way what you just yeah, talked yeah, about. Yeah. But then also, it's... It's the self-confidence piece that's important. And then, and then lastly, it's the self-efficacy. So what I wanted to highlight to you is that once you, you know, do that, 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 um, accurate self-perception piece, and then, you know, you go down to encouraging yourself and affirming yourself, which is a self-confidence. And then that last thing that you really are going to focus on is that self-efficacy. So it's evaluating your performance every day. Mm-hmm. And so to the black community, I want you to understand how important it is as creatives or just black people in any profession to make sure you are evaluating your performance. <clears throat> what did I do today that was great? What did I do today that could be better? 
And then when we talk about, you know, self-awareness, it's also like, what are my strengths or my limitations? Where am I? What am I really, really good at? What I really have to work on? And so that's really, like, really important. But I think that for you, like, highlighting that self-confidence piece and allowing yourself to get your tribe around to be like, you know, I, I got to tell you some things about it. And it might hurt. And it might make you a little insecure, right? It might make yeah. you like, oh, I thought this was great. But it's, you're working on that. But it makes you more secure. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I was just saw one of my little bedtime audio books. is Atlas of the Heart. Brene Brown. Shout out to Brene Brown. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> she sure is. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, one of the things last night, it was just talking about, uh, you know, the people that are, um, damn, I'm botching it up, but it was just about being confident, like mm-hmm. self-confident and being more secure is when you're able to like, um, you might have to chop this up. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. we got you. Yeah, yeah, anyway, it, it was just speaking to that, yeah. that that idea of like the the people that, you're just gonna go further the more yeah. the more vulnerable you are. Yeah. And, and like, it may, oh no, that's what it was. Got it. The more vulnerable you are makes the other person feel more secure, even mm-hmm. if like, in like a relationship, even if, you know, you're saying challenging things. And I've been experiencing that recently. Like, in a, in a situation I'm in, it's like, more, the more open I am and the more open we are, even if it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, w- the more secure you you come, you come, yeah. feel on the other end because at least real. we know what's up. You at know least I mean? we know what's up and at least we feel like we're getting the truth from somebody yeah. versus hiding and then you, yeah. like, you're questioning or you're overanalyzing. Yeah. And so that's real. Yeah. That's gross. So, and, and then that, that confidence increases. Like, the more, even it's like the more vulnerable you are, and the more you, that vulnerability is like responsibly held by the people that care about you and love about you. It's like, oh, I'm empowered to be even more vulnerable right. all the time. Right, right. And, and to make that a life choice. And I think that's good you say that because in our black community, we got to reinforce this vulnerability piece, mm-hmm. this transparent piece. And, you know, here at Black SEL, we focus on the relatability. Uh, you know, <laughs> Welcome to Black SEL. Oh, that was it, yeah. Right. So we're going to wrap up really quickly. But before we do, I want you to tell me two two, two more things. The, the, the last thing or the second to last thing is what are you currently reading? Um, or I know you brought some books here today. You could share these with, with, with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Let us know, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, why? Why are you reading these? And what, what, what you doing with it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So the two books that I'm reading that I'm enjoying the most right now, there's one by Henry Dumas called Goodbye, Sweetwater. Mm. And um, I'm going to kind of read Yeah, something? absolutely. And like a peek. <laughs> nah. So there's another artist called, uh, or poet named Eugene Redmond that I'm not really that familiar with. Okay. but. He, had, he did an introduction to this book, uh, and he describes Dumas's work, mm-hmm. and the way he describes his work make, is like how I want my work to be described, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, so he says, <laughs> so he says he gives us interior songs, stories from the viscera, mm-hmm. and I was like, oof, Ooh, yeah, well, right? I which <laughs> to me I read as like he just really taps into like the nuance. Mm-hmm. And not from like the white gaze. Yeah. It's like this is the song. This is what's inside. inside and he just says it plainly. Um, and it's like I want to be able to create things that that resonate with people emotionally um, and kind of just off off yeah. the back. I mean, yeah. without it ha- without having to even necessarily understand um, 
like intellectually necessarily, but you, you can feel it. That's, yeah. So that's that's what I hope to do with my art. Oh, um, and so it, you know, Dumas is a, he's he's a poem, he's a poet, he's an author, he's a surrealist. Mm -hmm. Before Afro surrealism was like coined as a phrase. So, what is it? Afro surrealism. I don't think I've heard of this. Afro surrealism. Oh, yeah. I gotta look into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Afro surrealism. So, um, it's new. The other is called Intimate Direct Democracy. This has been very exciting. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's about Fort Mose, the Great Dismal Swamp, and the human quest for freedom. So, mm -hmm. basically, it's talking about maroon communities, mm -hmm. uh, which are communities where folks have, like, basically uh, created their own, like, isolated community outside of like colonialism mm. um, and oftentimes black folks would be like go to the swamp and yep. be in community with indigenous folks and so this is like where we would go you know you might escape from escape right. slavery right. enslavement uh and then you go find community and build community out here in this in this swamp area which is thought of as like a place where it's not viable for living it's right. it can't but he talks about it as being a place where it's not viable for like capitalist exploitation, mm. but it's, that doesn't mean it's not viable for living. Swamps mm. are actually incredibly biodiverse. Mm. They're actually essential for like the, the, the ecological health of, of, of our world. Um, and so that reframing of like what a swamp is, is really critical to the work, uh, the art that I'm creating right now, which is all about how do we improve, uh, how do we examine our relationship to the environment? Yeah. How do we, um, and how do we need to shift that relationship? Um, and what do we need to maintain in that current relationship to survive like this next era of climate change yeah. um, that's that's happening? You know. I love it. So and so that's these are two books that I mean I'm reading a few different yeah. things. Yeah. Um, well, those are good. Yeah, that's what's kind of feeding me right now. So Check I'm excited about. Out. Yeah, yeah. Check those out. And then the last question we have because we want our creatives to feel seen and feel heard. And all those great things. So, like, you know, tell us a couple of encouraging words that, you know, like, you can even speak right in the camera if you want to, 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 the, to the black creative, you know? Like, what, what, what words would you tell them if they feel like they're in a space where they're struggling right now, where they're just trying to find their way out? Like, what, what's some encouraging words that you can give to the black creative? I'll, I'll just come back to practice. That's, that's really been encouraging because I was needing some encouragement and... You know, wake up in the morning and try to dedicate yourself, dedicate some time to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, read something short, listen to some interesting music, um, and just be with yourself and, and write. And I think that's something most of us can do. Uh, and But it, it's, it's been transformative for me. Yeah, so, I love that. I'll do that. I love, cool. that. I love that. You know, this has been such an insightful episode for me personally. Um, and an episode that, that like is really like challenging me now currently to be like, mm. I need to tap into the the most creative being that I've ever been at this age of my life. It feels like you are. Yeah, I like see, I feel I like I it, am. It's, it's coming. Yeah, we're here. We're it's going coming. this right now. It's, we're coming. I mean, I'm for real. This is giving me life, you know, yeah. to be able to um just hear about you as a creative and then about you real like you, like what you said like everybody's creative you wake up and you have breath in your lungs you're mm -hmm. creative you know and that's that's deep to me but it's also it's also very profound 
because I want to continue to look at myself as such as well. Um, and just I'm excited about what you're going to continue to create, you know, what you've inspired me to start creating now. Yeah. And just, you know, whoever you've inspired that's listening to us, which I can only imagine the people that probably never thought they were creators in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've affirmed them today, you know, to... to, to you <laughs> are creative. You are creative. You know, so this is Black as Black and Black, the Black, Black. Black and black, black. <laughs> so thank y'all so much. <laughs> oh, you trying to do a freestyle real quick? Well, <laughs> yeah. so thank y'all so much for tuning in. Um, we'll yeah. see y'all next episode. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you. Beasley, you know, look him up. Check out his website. All of these will have it in the links. Support his work, for real. Support the Black Creators' work in our community. Yes, buy his art, collective. you know, collectively. <laughs> in bulk. Co- no, collected. Oh, yeah. collected. Yeah. Yes, collected. Collectively, if you Collectively, need. too. Yeah, payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> what is that payment uh, thing? I don't know what it's called. You got after, everything. We got after pay. We got after pay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get it all. Get your friends. You don't have to pay. Oh, see, that's where that bar is coming in. Man. Listen, you got ketchup. You got ketchup. <laughs> But listen, thank y'all for tuning in. We appreciate you being here for stopping by. Uh, We'll see you next episode. Thank you for listening to the Black SEO Podcast. If you'd like to support the movement and be a part of us impacting more Black communities with our resources around the nation, you can donate to blackseo.org or click the link in our show notes. It's time we share our own stories. Help amplify Black voices by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Black SEO Podcast. Leaving a review has a bigger impact than you think. It not only helps more people find the show, but it helps more Black people realize that they are not alone. We all know what it feels like to be unheard, but Black SEL is a safe space for us and by us. Leaving a review can take you less than five minutes, but the impact will change lives.